Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. The beginning of the Gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in Isaiah the prophet, Behold, I am sending my messenger ahead of you. He will prepare your way. A voice of one crying out in the desert, Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight his paths. John the Baptist appeared in the desert, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. People of the whole Judean countryside and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem were going out to him and were being baptized by him in the Jordan River as they acknowledged their sins. John was clothed in camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist. He fed on locusts and wild honey, and this is what he proclaimed. One mightier than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop and loosen the thongs of his sandals. I have baptized you with water. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. The Gospel of the Lord. The Advent season is a very important season, but one which can easily be passed by. Already a a full week of it is gone, and not necessarily always are we attentive. The reality of Advent is it's indeed a season that is quickly passed over because the world around us has been celebrating and preparing for Christmas since the middle of November, if not earlier. And how easy it is for us simply to to kind of fall in line, to be able to have our own Christmas parties sprinkled throughout the Advent season, and to be so intently focused upon Christmas so as to miss the spirit of these four short weeks that Mother Church offers for us. But they are important weeks, because they are weeks to prepare our hearts The reality of the Advent season is that, indeed, while we focus upon preparing our hearts for the coming of our Lord at Christmas, it is a reminder to us also that he will come again, his second Adventus, to come to. We celebrate the first, mindful that it came at a day and at a time and at a place that to many was a great surprise, even though the Lord had prophesied these things in the Old Testament prophets. And he will come again the same, on a day and a time, much to our surprise. And so it's for us to prepare our hearts. It's easy for the last four months or so of Green Sundays, where we don't have a kind of a specific focus in the liturgy. You know, during, during Lent and Christmas and Advent and Easter, we have a specific focus that we're looking upon. We're hearing a certain thing, but during the Green Sundays, it's just kind of the ordinary time, the, 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 the normal flow of the church year, without the special stuff that kind of spruce us up a little bit. And some other church invites us, indeed, to allow our hearts to be stirred up a bit, to prepare for Christ's and for his coming. The problem, though, is that even in doing that, we can kind of get numb to the call. You know, for 2,000 years, we've been saying, prepare, 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 and he hadn't come back yet. And it can easily allow us to fall into a situation where it seems like the boy just cries wolf. You say prepare, but 
I think we got plenty of time left, huh? And to fall into that mindset and not allow our hearts to respond to the call of Christ to prepare. Isaiah the prophet spoke about the coming of the Christ. All throughout the Advent season, we hear Isaiah referenced again and again. And he speaks again to us today, reminding us that indeed, here comes the Lord. Here he comes. And you know when he actually came? Over 500 years later. Isaiah prophesied. And there was an imminent coming. There was, there was something. The Lord was doing something at the time of Isaiah. But the fullness of the word was not fulfilled for centuries. This is why St. Peter reminds us today that to God, a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years like a day. There can be a certain complacency within our hearts. If things wait too long, we simply quit waiting. We forget what we're doing and go off to busy ourselves about the other things of this life. To prepare our hearts is to continually turn back to Him, to turn back to Christ. St. Peter assures us and encourages us much the same. In the early church, there was a, a, a sort of understanding of the imminent return of Christ. That he said, I will come back. And they all figured he meant soon. And that's why the, you know, the, in a sense, kind of lit a, lit a fire under the apostles. And they all went out very quickly and very fervently to share the good news at great personal cost to the life, ultimately, to the shedding of their blood, the vast majority of them. They went quickly because they anticipated the coming of the Lord to be the same, quick, and to number as many souls as possible in the life of the church, as many as possible to hear the good news of salvation, freedom from sins. And after a couple of generations pass and nothing happens, it's easy to allow the, the heart to wonder, did we miss the message? Did we, did we interpret it correctly? Did, did we hear him right? And to this questioning of the heart, St. Peter responds. He says, the delay of the Lord is not delay as some might think. It's not as if the Lord was intending to come back quickly and he just got caught in traffic. It's not that he, was, he got up to heaven and he started looking around and he's like, huh, I'm going to take care of a few things here and there and just kind of forgot about us for a little while. Delayed in the sense that we might be delayed in things. It says, the Lord is not delayed as some might count delay. The Lord's delay is patience. He's waiting for us. He's waiting for our hearts to turn to him, to our hearts to open to him and to his grace. And he continues to wait patiently for us to continue to number and increase and increase and increase in the kingdom of heaven. His delay is not on him. It is out of kindness and mercy for us. And so it's us for our part to respond to this and to allow the call of preparation to echo in our hearts today, to stir us up a bit from our normal slumber in the spiritual life as it may happen, and to be focused upon the coming of our Christ. The scriptures today tell us exactly how we ought to prepare Prepare the way of the Lord, make straight his paths. Fill the valleys, pull down the mountains, make straight the pathways. 
We hear it in Isaiah, we hear it echoed in St. John the Baptist as we begin the prophecy, or begin in the, the, the reading of the gospel of St. Mark with that prophecy from Isaiah. To prepare the path, this is ultimately to allow Christ to come to us quickly. And we recognize uh, just the simple reality that whenever someone's making a road, there are often, in fact always, I think, obstructions in the way that prevent it from being able to run smoothly and quickly. To fill in the valleys and to, to, to pull down the mountains and to make the road straight is essentially to get all the stuff out of the way that could prevent the one who is coming from getting there and getting there quickly. In a literal sense, this is what they would do when, when someone who was notable was coming to the empire. They would prepare the roads for them so that they wouldn't be killed. If you move slow, it's easy to be ambushed. That's why the Roman, the, the Roman roads built 2,000 years ago are still used today. Because they leveled, they leveled the mountains, they filled the valleys, and they made them straight and quick. They are tested and true. And this is the reality is that this still happens in the world today. Just yesterday, I was riding in a funeral procession, and I got halfway across Baton Rouge in just a handful of minutes because police went and put in their motorcycles and stopped at the red lights, and we just went right on through, quick, fast, and in a hurry. The way was prepared. And this is what Christ desires of us, not of our literal streets around the city of Baton Rouge, but of the streets of our hearts. To look at our hearts. What is it that's in the way that prevents him from coming to us quickly. Sometimes there may be valleys in our life. A valley is a a place where there ought to be something, but there simply isn't. Virtue. When we go to confession, very often we, we confess the sins that we have committed, but how often do we consider the fact of the virtues that we have omitted? Our sins of omission, where we have fallen short and practicing virtue in the Christian life. A place where virtue desires to be built up within us. The mountains, of course, being our sins, those things that we build up our own self-will, our own, our own intentions that become blockades that prevent Christ from coming to us quickly. And even if we have roads, sometimes they're a bit curvy because we, we seek to follow the will of the Lord, but we still struggle to do it perfectly. And so we kind of, we veer off a little bit here and there, seeking to take our own route, seeking our own will in little ways very often from time to time. And it's this that Christ invites us to come and to prepare, to prepare our souls for him to come to us. And as the opening prayer of the Mass today said, for us to hasten also to him. To clear the path, to build up virtue, to root out vice, and to seek each day to live more and more wholeheartedly, to give all of ourselves to the will of God in all things, not simply in part. In short, this takes place in a specific way in reconciliation, the sacrament of confession. All of us, when we too were baptized, washed in water in the Holy Spirit, as spoken of in the gospel, each of us were washed clean. But on account of our sins, we build up things again. I'm often reminded of the words of Archbishop Fulton Sheen as he talked about the sacrament of confession. 
And he envisioned the reality of the shedding of blood, always its blood, as we were purchased at the price of the lamb, the shedding of his blood, and how the priest, when he offers the prayer of absolution over the penitent before him, as he extends his hand, he said, it's as if the, the, the blood of Christ pours forth from the hand of the priest upon the soul of the person before him, just as water poured forth from his hand on the day of the baptism. And the effect is the same. We are made clean. We are made holy. We are washed and perfected because we come to acknowledge our sins, because we come to repent, to turn back from the things of this world, the temptations of this world, from our own self-will, and we turn back to Christ. It is the perennial call, just the, the, the perpetual call to us to come, to prepare our hearts, to turn away from sin, and to seek goodness. And if we do these things, there will indeed be great joy for us on the day of the Lord's coming. Rather than be stuck and caught off guard like the thief in the night may come to us and be caught in fear, we will be filled with joy. And on the day of his coming, in every moment of his coming, he will be able to hasten to us and we to him we might rejoice to be held by him in his arms just as he holds the little ewe lambs we speak of today. To be held in his arms and to behold his countenance forever in heaven.